This is the message from Connection Community Church for Christmas Eve 2016. When God interrupts the whole world. So everybody take a deep breath after that. Randy, Randy, you you are a miracle. He's working up in the booth tonight. We are so glad that God spared you and brought us with us. You know, for several weeks we've been talking about how God interrupts. And I'm not sure I want to say God caused that accident. That would be, uh, I think as you said, sleeplessness caused that accident. But God can sure use that for his glory, can he? That's because we believe in a God of miracles, don't we? That's why we're here tonight, because of God of miracles. So what we want to say this evening is Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Now, now, I'm sorry. That's totally inadequate (laughs) for this size of a gathering. Merry Christmas. Christmas. That's a little more like it. That's what I'm talking about. Because we're excited that you're here with us to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Tonight, our focus will be on how this birth caused interruption. And keep in mind, interruption is not always bad. I've had some good interruptions in my life, and maybe you have too. So not a bad interrupt, but an interruption. And it wasn't just to a few, but it was an interruption to the whole world. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before I pray, it's not only Jesus' birthday, but it's our birthday, Connection Church's birthday. Woo-hoo! Happy birthday to us. 15th 15th anniversary. So I want to see who out there was here for the very first Christmas service. Stand up. There Aaron, you go. Sarah. Aaron didn't have much choice. Did I miss anybody? Yeah. Anybody else? Oh my gosh, look how much we've grown yeah. since then. We are, are so excited. We didn't plan on being in this least space for this long, but God is good and God continues to give us a vision for a new worshiping community up the road, and we're excited about that in the near future. So let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for uh, calling us together to uh, be a part of and start Connection Church. And wow, what a mighty thing you've done, Lord, by um, bringing us together as a bigger family of God. And now, Lord, settle us in that as we hear a scripture that many of us have heard a lot, Luke chapter 2, that it would be fresh and that we would be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. 
This scripture starts out talking to us about Caesar Augustus, the empire, the emperor of the Roman Empire, the most powerful leader of his day. He decreed that a census should be taken. Now, little did anyone involved, including Caesar, know that God was going to use that census to fulfill a 700-year prophecy, a prophecy that Micah spoke hundreds of years before, that out of Bethlehem would come the ruler of Israel. Little did they know that this census would force Joseph and Mary to give to travel from their home in Nazareth to Bethlehem, and allowing Mary to give birth at precisely the location prophesied so many years before by Micah. Little did they know that the child that Mary gave birth to that day in a quiet little corner of what was a very busy town that night because of the census, little did they know that this child would interrupt the world. Interrupt the whole world. Isn't it incredible what lengths God will go to in order to fulfill his word? Mm. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And so we go from Caesar Augustus at the top of the socioeconomic ladder to the shepherds at the bottom. Although a noble profession at one time, sheep herders were a despised class of people, especially by the religious people because they were considered unclean. How ironic that these outcasts to whom the birth of the long-awaited Jesus the Messiah, the Son of the living God, was first announced. They heard it first. How prophetic that was. Marginalized by the religious elite, that they would be the first to hear the news about the birth of Jesus Christ. The one who, years later, would champion such people just like them, champion people like us, champion people, the least, the last, and the lost. Mm. And once again, as we've seen several times leading up to this in our messages the last few weeks, when, when, when an angel visit, uh, they find the person fearful, great fear. In fact, this case, terrified, and they, and they bring calm to the situation by saying, do not be afraid. This time it's because the angel is bringing good news that will, be, uh, will cause great joy for all the people. You catch that? All the people, not one or two, not a few, not some, not many, not even most. All the people. 
everybody's going to be interrupted. You, me, us, everyone. The entire world is going to be interrupted all because of this newborn baby lying in a manger in Bethlehem. When the angels left, the shepherds talked among themselves, and they decided to go into the town to check out what uh, message they had been given to see what uh, the Lord had told them through the angels. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, only God could bring about a story like this. A story where the social outcasts become the first evangelist, an evangelist being someone who shares the good news of Jesus Christ. As the scripture said, they spread, that being the uh, shepherds, they spread the word concerning what they've been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. In other words, people who normally wouldn't have given the shepherds the time of day were now amazed at what they said. And that's because they were talking about Jesus. Because here's the thing. When Jesus is the subject, it's always going to be amazing. Always. In the scripture, we see that Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I love that scripture, and for good reason. Some 33 years later, this mother, Mary, would watch her son be brutally beaten and hung on a cross to die. She would remember the day of his birth at the time of his death. She would remember the entrance of the Savior of the world at the time of his departure, his earthly departure. Taking the sins of the people with him, yours and mine, and fulfill his purpose for coming, continuing to interrupt the whole world in the process. So the story continues. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. So this baby born in Bethlehem was not just interrupting the locals, but people from far, far away. Scholarly astrologers, wise men known as the Magi, far from the east, they came to visit and worship this baby born to Mary. Even though they were of a, a different religious background, they must have been familiar with the ancient texts, the Old Testament writings, as they saw a different star in the sky. They realized it was different, and they knew that it signaled the birth of the king of the Jews, and they asked where the child was. Local king, Herod himself, was known at the time as the king of the Jews because he oversaw an area uh, where a lot of Jews were populated. And he was disturbed by this. 
And so he called together the chief priests and the teachers of religious law, and he asked them, where was this child to be born? And they told him, Bethlehem, according to the prophecy of Micah. And so he met with these wise men. He found out when that first star had first appeared, sent them to Bethlehem, and asked them to report back to him afterwards so that he might go and worship the baby, which he had no intention of doing at all. When the wise men found the child, they did worship the child. They did worship Jesus. Can you imagine scholarly men from the east on their knees worshiping this child and offering expensive gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh, gold, the gift one would offer a king. Frankincense was used in the temple in worship, representing the priestly side of Christ. And myrrh was also an expensive resin, as was frankincense, but it was often used in connection with, with burial, with death, foreshadowing, again, 30-plus years later, when Christ would hang on a cross and then be buried, only to resurrect three days later. Yeah. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they offered this mere child. They were told in a dream to go home by a different route, which they did. Herod, outwitted by the wise men, was furious, and he ordered all the boys two years old and under in Bethlehem to be killed. You see, he felt threatened by this other king of the Jews, a mere child, and he wanted no rivals. And so he was going to kill him one way or another, or that was his plan. But Joseph was warned in a dream of Herod's plan and was told to take Mary and the, and the baby Jesus to Egypt and to stay there until further instruction, which Joseph did. And they did stay until after the death of Herod. Sounds like we need to pay attention to our dreams. It's important stuff. Yeah. And so the birth of Jesus is causing more interruptions. In addition to the prophecies that interrupted the Hebrew people some 700 years before, God also interrupted Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph. We talked about them in previous weeks. And now the list expands to include the exalted emperor of Rome and the lowly shepherds in the field to the local king and some scholars from afar. Hmm. You know, no other birth in history has interrupted things, interrupted people, interrupted life, like, like, like this birth of Jesus Christ. Let me just give you a very practical, everyday example. In, in about a week, we're going to be celebrating another holiday, and we call that New Year's. And, and how many of you will wrong, write the wrong year on your, well, we don't write many checks now, do we? But wherever you write that, it'll take you a while to get used to it, right? You notice that 2017. In other words, we mark history, we mark our very calendars, we mark the year that we render by the birth of Jesus Christ. We use B.C. and A.D. B.C. before Christ. A.D. doesn't mean after death. It means Anno Domini, which is Latin for in the year of our Lord, or since, since Jesus came to be. Before Jesus, after his birth. Okay? Now, they want us to change all that, whoever they is. Anybody heard these things called C.E. and B.C.E.? Anybody heard that stuff? 
the uh, common era or before the common era. It's a way to get away from talking about Jesus before Christ, B.C., and Anno Domini, or the year of our Lord. gets away from having to use those terms out in the secular world. And so they'll use B.C. Uh, I'm sorry, um, C.E., common era, B.C.E., before the common era or current era, whichever one. But what's really incredible is, do you know what marks the current era or before the current era, what the marking point is? The birth of Jesus Christ. Come on. I mean, it, you haven't changed anything. You can change the letters, you can change the word, but you haven't changed anything because it's Jesus who changed history. We render our history from what happened before him and what has happened since him, and it's right there in our calendar in front of our face every day of our lives. By the way, this whole idea of common era, current era, CE, why not use this Christian era? Amen? Amen. And so our current culture goes to a great deal of effort to transform Merry Christmas into Happy Holidays. Happy we see holidays. that all the time, trying to get rid of the Jesus language and pretending that what we do around this time of year, December 24th, 25th, is just a mere midwinter celebration. But the truth is, no matter how much effort is put into outlawing the expression Merry Christmas, no matter how much effort is put into banning nativity scenes in public places, no matter how much effort is put into homogenizing a religious holiday into a secular holiday, the truth is that the reason for all that we do has nothing to do with it being a mere holiday and everything to do with the birth of Jesus Christ. We cannot get away from that because that's what it's all about. Whether people want to believe it or not, the basic signs of the season, the trees to the wreaths to the lights to the candy canes, they have some significance and meaning, not because of celebrating for the sake of celebrating, but because we're celebrating the birth of the Savior of the world, the Messiah the anointed one, Emmanuel, God with us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Mm. I was doing a little research for this message, and, and I came to find out that, that New Year's is the, is the most widespread holiday in the world. You know, I guess new beginnings are important for no matter what culture you're part of. Of course, we are new beginning people, aren't we, as Jesus followers, but new beginnings. But do you know what the second most widespread holiday in the world is? Well, I wouldn't be bringing it up if it wasn't going to be Christmas. Worldwide, that's the afternoon's the, the second most widespread holiday. And it's not, it's not just a holiday or winter holiday or happy holiday. It's Christmas. When I was online, it said the word Christmas. That comes from Christ Mass. The celebration of Christ's birth, a festival celebrating Christ's birth is where Christmas comes from, the widest celebrate. And even whether the people celebrating are Christian Christians, Christ followers or not, this celebration came about because of the greatest interrupter of all time, the birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus is not just the great historical interrupter. He's the great personal interrupter as well. 
When I look back on my life, I can see occasion after occasion after occasion where Jesus' birth, his life, his ministry, his word, his truth, his saving grace has interrupted my life. You didn't always readily welcome him, did you? Didn't always welcome the interruption. <laughs> but, you know, when God interrupts your life, when God interrupts your life, good can come always, always. You know, that's because when we're in a close relationship with Jesus, the closer and closer we get, we can stand here, but we can't stay here because Christ wants us to grow, to learn, to uh, open our heart bigger and bigger to the things of God. He causes us to move when he interrupts. Sometimes that move is geographical like it was for our family. It can also be an emotional move. It's certainly a, a spiritual move. You know, when you're in that relationship with Christ, you can't stay right where you are. That's impossible. Because when we're in Christ, the old is gone. The new has come. We're new creations. And by being a new creation, we grow. We do not stagnate. And that's why we don't stay in the same spot. You know, when the, those people back in the the early days when uh, the angels came and interrupted and said, fear not, they were probably wondering what in the world was going to happen, the interruption that they knew would come. Craig Barnes, who wrote a book called When God Interrupts, he puts it this way. Craig Barnes puts it this way. There we go. Why don't you say it with me? Whenever God sends a messenger with good news for us, it usually means a complete abandonment of the life into which we have settled. Wow. That's a mouthful. Tonight we celebrate the greatest interruption in, in history. The, the, the interruption that the birth of Jesus Christ brings about. And not only, as we said to this alter human history, it alters our personal histories as well because Jesus loves each of us right where we are, but too much to leave us there. And so he interrupts. <laughs> and when he interrupts your personal you what it says is you can no longer stay status quo. You can no longer stay where you are. You can no longer <laughs> remain unmoved. Movement goes hand in hand with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. As Carrie said, it might be a physical movement, it might be emotional, it might be spiritual, it might be psychological. Very likely it's going to be all the above. Then you're no longer going to be the way they were because the interruption with Jesus turned things upside down in your life, turns your life inside out. When Jesus interrupts, all of a sudden you're more concerned with giving rather than getting. When Jesus interrupts, you find yourself serving rather than waiting to be served. When Jesus interrupts, you find yourself loving the unlovable. You find yourself realizing that the last will be first and the first will be last and realize that the cost of your sin has been paid, not because you could possibly pay it yourself, but because Jesus paid it with his very life, paid in full. 
And so, as always, we come to a question. And the question for you tonight to this, are, are you prepared for the interruption? Let me pluralize that. Are you prepared for the interruptions that Jesus is going to bring to your life? Now, if you've been walking with Jesus, you may have experienced a, an interruption or two or three or four. And that's great. But hold on, there's going to be more. I guarantee it. Guaranteed. And, and if this whole thing we're talking about tonight is new to you, this is all fresh and different and strange, and you haven't maybe had an interruption yet, hold on. It's coming. <laughs> they're coming. <laughs> Plural. Many, they're coming. And the thing is, those interruptions will be the absolute best interruptions of your life. Because the interruption that's causing that is the greatest thing ever, the greatest one ever. Born this day in the city of David, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That's the good news, amen? Amen. amen. Let's, uh, let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Holy God, we... Um, Sometimes not prepared for the interruptions you bring, and, but we know that you bring interruptions for good, for our sake, for, for ourselves and those around us. We, we know you bring interruption for good because you want to spend eternity with us. Thank you for this greatest interruption, the birth of Jesus Christ 2,000 plus years ago that we celebrate tonight. Please help us to be ever focused on that interruption that we can we can know that we can know the salvation that he brings that through his life and death and resurrection we're forgiven and we're made new the old is gone the new has come and we'll never be the same when Jesus calls us to move we praise you we glorify you Father, Son, Holy Spirit all those gathered all those gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community